Well, well, well. Tracy Phillips. Woolen Port. Welcome to December 23rd, EP 20. <laughs> yeah, welcome, my friend. Here we are. Like, wow, we just we just kind of nicked it just before the holidays, right? I like that we could sneak up right on there and not have to, you know, put it off to the next week. Correct, correct, correct. Oh, in fact, I don't know if it had come on another on a on a week where we couldn't we'll still be here. <laughs> right. Well, we might have to. In fact, you and I need to talk about that because I have one where I'm going to be traveling, I think. And I don't know how well I can do this on the road. I mean, I'm not going to be driving. I wouldn't even attempt it. But <laughs> still, we might have to do some finagling. So so just heads up down the road, folks, beginning of January, we might have to move one around. We'll, we'll, we'll work it. I, you know what I wanted to do today? I just wanted to go in the backyard, but it's kind of cold. It's just a different scenery. Come go in a tank top, uh, a hat on my face, you know, and just just relax because it's it's how I'm feeling today. I am. Nothing's gonna steal my joy. <laughs> I love now, that. Or, or even even future, you know, because it's. I see. I see something new in front of your face. Huh. Something. Oh, you, you see my little friend here. I see your little friend. Say hello to my little friend. My little, my little friend. Yes. So I, uh, I'm going big, folks. I have a big microphone. Therefore, <laughs> <laughs> I have no more excuse. Either that, or I'm hiding behind my. No, I can't hide behind it. It doesn't really work that way. But yeah, I was telling so everyone. I was telling Woolen this story, but it was really funny. This is supposed to be my, you know, one of my Christmas gifts for my husband. And you know, you, you don't think oftentimes when you're ordering stuff how it's gonna arrive. And it 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 didn't arrive in a bot in an additional box. It just arrived in the box with the picture of the microphone on the front. And of course, the person home to re to receive the box was me. <laughs> and you know, to the point of I think what I was telling the story of when my husband uh proposed to me and I totally didn't get it. Like I was like, what? What's happening? What's going right? <laughs> Clueless. Same thing. Like it didn't occur to me that the only one in this household that does has any use for something like this is me. And I went th I was thinking, oh like I wonder if he'll let me borrow it for my eavesdrop. <laughs> so I said to that to him and he handed it to me and told me Merry oh, Christmas. Oh <laughs> you know on that note, Verlin was leaving the house today and so I don't know, I've just been, I've been trimming the house up, just putting wood trim on the walls and, you know, batten boards, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And she's leaving the house and she says, um, I'm expecting a box from this store. Don't open it. I'm like, okay, ma'am. <laughs> because you know, it's just the season where things come, if your name's on it, you open, you open and say, huh, well, mine, oh, I'm sorry. Like I went, she 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 ordered something for herself and it was woven port. And I go, woven port. And I'm just ripping it and ripping it and ripping because oh. I think she used my prime. And I'm like, right. I didn't buy anything. And then she's looking at me on her desk, just looking at me, looking at me. And then I go, makeup. She goes, hmm, that's mine. I'm like, okay, have it. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so great. Yeah, sorry. Um, I Well, you know, it's like when our kids are little, you know, it's like my daughter, she used to just like to open the gifts. It didn't uh -huh. matter who they were for, you know, yeah. and we had, you know, to teach them early on that just because the gifts are under the tree doesn't mean you just get to open any one of them. Um, but, you know, every once in a while, you, you know, you're just like, oh, yeah, okay, you know, let them have their fun and open it. Um, gotcha. 
Yeah, but it's that kind of thing. Where it's just like, I hope you had fun opening that gift. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> like... uh, what's on your mind, sis? What's what's, uh, what's good? What's on your gratitude mind? is on my mind. I mean, to be honest, I I really feel like, you know, I know that this is oftentimes a time when we slow down enough to to think about those things, and you know, not so much this year, but in the you know, usually we're with lots of friends and family, and that kind of mm. reminds us what we're grateful for and that kind of thing. Um, but you know, it's, it, it really is gratitude. I mean, I was telling you before you're asking me how I was doing, you know, last night I was starting to be like, do the uh-ohs it's I had this, you know, a killer headache and was starting to feel mm. like I was going downhill. And, you know, that's, that's the blessing of a good night's sleep. I'll tell you what, cause I woke up this morning, bink, you know, I'm back to my normal self, <laughs> but I really have to, you know, sometimes we're grateful for that. Oh gosh, I'm not feeling ill, yeah. but I was really grateful for my body today, you know, it was, mm having that kind of immune system. I mean, I, I put a lot into taking care of myself and, you know, I'm grateful for that too. You know, and I think wow. sometimes we, we really do need to stop and think about ourselves. You know, it's not selfish to think about what we're doing for ourselves and being grateful for that because, wow. you know, if anything, that's how we teach others how to do the same. You know, it's not through just, Oh, what can I do to show others to take care mm -hmm. of themselves or how can I nourish and, and, and support and, you know, nurture others you know, really the only way we can teach others how to do that legitimately is when we're doing that for ourselves. So, yeah. So how, I think that's what I'm feeling grateful for. How, how do you take care of yourself? When you said, you know, you're grateful for your body. How, how do you take care of yourself? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I grew up, I always tell a story of, I was fortunate enough to grow up in a family where it was just, it was just something that was done. It was a lifestyle, you know, coming mm. from Colorado, you know, it's, it was the outdoorsy lifestyle that, you know, so it's all that kind of thinking about what's good for your body and as far as exercise, but also just what you eat and who you spend time with and all that. It, it, I don't think it was any taught to me like through words as much as it was taught to me through modeling. Um, mm -hmm. And so then when I left Colorado for the first time to go to, you know, college undergrad, and I went into different a different environment and then continued to, you know, move around in various places that were different. I started to really recognize how that was not the same everywhere, mm. right? Like we leave home and it's like, oh, yeah, you know, not everybody lives this way. And I was kind of in undergrad, I was seen as that, that go-to person on, you know, how do you do this? How do you do that? Which ironically, it was funny because I probably gained more weight. I think I gained more weight in undergrad, you know, the, the freshman 15 that I think uh -huh. for me kind of extended to the, you know, undergrad, undergrad 20, um, <laughs> you know, but, but even so I was always, you know, losing it quickly. And so gotcha. people were just like, how do you do that? And like, I just get back on track. Like, you know, mm. you can only eat fluff and nut or sandwiches or whatever those things are called with the peanut butter and the fluff. Have you ever heard uh, of that? No. <laughs> okay. I hadn't either. And, and this is, so for folks who don't know, like I went to Providence College in Rhode Island um, for undergrad. And, <laughs> you know, so the East Coast, you know, obviously they do things a little bit differently. And I was introduced to this, I think it's called the fluff and nutter, if I remember correctly. Okay. And it was freshman year. We're in the, you know, the, the, the mass hall, you know, mess hall kind of thing. And, and, and people were going through the line and people were like, oh, they don't want to eat because whatever. It wasn't good what they were serving for dinner. And so at the end, there were options, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, that kind of thing. And there's this huge container of fluff. And I had never seen fluff before. And for those uh -huh. of you who don't know, fluff is like a spread made out of marshmallows. 
okay. marshmallow spread. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and I said to my friends, I'm like looking at it, I'm like, is that a dessert topping? They're like, what? No, you put it with peanut butter on, on bread. I'm like, <laughs> for a meal? <laughs> like, this is not dessert. This is like what you eat for your regular nutritious meal. <laughs> you know, and of course my friends are just like, whatever. But I, I, I you got you to gotta know it you does taste try. good. Hey. And, uh, but you only need a couple of those before you, you know, you start this Dog. downhill trend. Correct. So anyway, I would fluctuate between appreciating the local cuisine mm-hmm. and doing what I knew was right for me. And, and actually what made me feel better too. Gotcha. So, you know, I would be down doing my homework in the lower part of our dorm, which had an exercise, couple exercise bikes. Nobody mm-hmm. would go down there. The only people would go down there is to do their laundry. But I was the one person on the exercise bike doing my, you know, <laughs> trying to get back on track. So, gotcha. What about so, you? I, I mean, I've seen pictures of you too. Like you've, you've made transformations over the years. I so it's it's uh, so growing up, my my dad, they lived and so it was subsistence, um, subsistence farming, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they they grew their own food pretty much up where 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 the homestead is is crozaville um liberia mm-hmm. uh, and it was yoka or we call it cassava they had potato greens where you have the the the, um, the sweet potatoes from they had the palm nuts the palm where you get palm oil they they had a, a grandfather had a, a gin a gin a mill that made molasses, but first it came to cane juice, moonshine. And if you continue to process it, it turns to molasses. So they had all of these things that they lived off and we, we, they moved to the city, and, but dad kept the same, the same, the tradition where we had a garden in the yard and it was um, cassava and yams, et cetera. And my granddad, I would use, I remember, and I'm, I'm answering this question, my granddad, I would remember, he would he would put the cassava, the edos, and these are all roots tubers, mm-hmm. and he would boil it. And when he takes it, when he takes it, he wouldn't waste the water. He would drink it because it had the nutrients in there. And I, I saw it. I'm like, okay, I'll drink it. So we kept drinking that, and they they, they lived till 80, 85. My uncle is about 89, 90 now. My dad is 83, 84. And they are still going strong. And I believe it's it's that diet, right? Yeah. That's that organic diet. And I, I mean, real organic diet. So it's what, what transforms here. But that, you know, it's a good genes <laughs> um, plus yeah. exercising. So it was, it was basketball then. And I think it's muscle memory. So I'm coming, I'm going to the gym now every, every day, you know, just accept, not every day, almost every day. Um, and, and just, just continuing to do it. And just as you said, it's, and it's, it's not only the body, it's the mind also. I think it's the mind first, more than the body, where you, you, you see it in your mind's eyes and, and you, you, you carry on. Because I think, as you said, gratitude, we can, we can have all these, um, excellent ideas all these dreams but those dreams will stay in our minds if our bodies (laughs) aren't healthy for us to execute right so it's a it's a 
give and go yin yang as you would pronounce it <laughs> uh, um uh, thing <laughs> so so that's that's how i take care of your body um it's it's interesting <sighs> you know what i hear is we both were very fortunate to start with a good a good you know foundation you know, and I think when, and I'm often grateful for that. I mean, I find myself, I said mm. something to my dad the other day and I was talking about home and he thought I was referring to North Carolina. And I said, it's funny because anytime I say the word home, I always refer to Colorado, Wow. you know, and, and I still do. And I'm so proud to be from there. I mean, it's an amazing, even now it's, it's so different than when I was growing up, but it, it is a state. I mean, still the health is apparently the healthiest state in, in the mm -hmm. US of A, um, yes. you know, the lowest amount of or lowest rate of obesity and various other things. And, and so they do a lot of things right there. Um, but I think that that we, we, that's where we start, right? That's our home. And so when we start from this foundation of cassava, mm -hmm. you know, so that's you, you must find that really interesting now, because cassava root is in everything. It's the alternative flower, or go to tuber, now mm -hmm. for keto diets and all sorts of things, you know, and from if you look at the profile, the food profile, mm -hmm. you know, this, this is me geeking out on my hey, know, do it, do past um, holistic health coach uh, stuff. But um, yeah, that tuber, I mean, the, the, the profile that it mm -hmm. offers, I mean, that is like the perfect diet. So if you look at, which by the way, if people don't know, sweet potato greens are delicious. Ooh. They're, um, and you know, did you ever make chips out of them? Oh, yes. Yes. I, you t and people, when I first discovered yes. that, where you clip the leaf and then you salt and pepper it and oil it a little bit and you stick it in the oven for like 20 minutes and it uh, becomes this crispy chip. Sis, sis, we, so they feed that to the goats, right? The cassava, the cassava leaf, right? Mm -hmm. They feed that to the goats, but we also eat it. And that thing makes a mean dish. Ooh, it makes a mean dish. The potato greens from the, from, and you know, the potato, talk about iron. If you're sick and you go and take that, forget it. You're done. You're, you're up and moving about. Um, you know, it's just, so I go to the food store when I go to the food store. So food line or so, right? And I, and I see, and I see, um, and I see, the cassava and the the plantains, et cetera, and I get it. And people are like, "What is that?" I'm like, "Oh, you're missing. You're missing. You're missing something in your life. You just don't know." <laughs> it's it's so true, and it's so substantial. You know, we don't need meat and potatoes. You know, we don't need all that protein. As much as people think of protein, 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 protein. Well, some of the strongest mammals on Earth are vegetarian. Mm. All right, so let's think about that meat protein story we've been told you know i'm not saying don't eat meat i love meat i mean oh. I'll, I'll eat meat you know. so i'm i'm the last person i'm not on this platform to be like you know don't eat meat but we don't have to have it we mm -mm. don't we absolutely don't i mean the profiles of foods when we learn to couple them well and i think that's where places on earth mm. like where you were fortunate enough to be raised yeah. you know because of the way farming is and you know you use what you can you learn mm -hmm. to put together those profiles it's like the you know some cultures where it's rice and beans right like there's certain oh, yeah. things that when they work together they give us that that you know amount of nutrient nutrition whole, you know holistic nutrition that covers yeah. our needs and you add certain greens there to that so I think the amount of food that we eat, and I, I know that I was talking to a client, he says, I'm kind of 
because as you know, it's always making the best of where we're at, right? And so with mm-hmm. this whole quarantine COVID experience and everybody's, you know, doing different things for the holidays and not with the family the, family. the way they might have been before, he says, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to it because I, I, I don't really like eating all that food all the time. He's like, you know, you do it because it's there and it's good. And he says, but to be able to be choiceful in what I feed myself, he's like, yeah. I, I kind of like that I don't have to, you know, I can just do that. Mm. I, I don't. Mm. And, you know, the other thing that we talked about is mm. a lot of people with the flu and obviously with COVID, you know, being in that virus family, mm-hmm. you know, immunity is really big right now. And one of the things I used to always say when I would talk to clients in holistic health is that, you know, everybody says the flu, cold and flu season, right, is the winter time. And it, and it really has less to do with the season and more to do with what our body is doing during this time and what we're doing to it. So mm. our body is naturally going into more of a hibernate, you know, hibernative, hibernative, okay. <laughs> just made up word. This place of hibernation and slowing down metabolism wise. Mm-hmm. And so our liver isn't working the same way as it does in the spring or in the summer. And so when we then have the holidays, think about what winter is comprised of as far as traditional, you know, eating is concerned. Mm. We eat, we drink, we, we consume all these extra calories yeah. and alcohol and sugar and all this stuff. And our bodies naturally slow down at this time. So we're not, we're not pumping this through as well. And so it's, it's building up in our system and causing this toxic, you know, buildup, you know, and residue. Why do you think we're getting sick? Yeah. Right. So cold and flu season isn't because it's cold and, you know, and, and even the upsurge of COVID it's really has more to do with what our body's naturally doing at that time and what we're doing to it. So, you know, with this time where we've had to kind of readjust and do things differently, it's actually allowing us to realign. I think 2020 has been a huge realignment year in every aspect, whether we want to look at it that way or not, Correct. you know, that has allowed us to really stop and consider what we're doing and how we're doing it and whether that's truly serving mm. us or not, mm. even down to this piece. And so you want good immunity. It's about lightening the load. Correct. right that your body has to deal with and so you you see some people who come from cultures where there's less food and mm-hmm. we think of that as a scarcity issue mm-hmm. and yes when there's not enough food yeah there is legitimately a scarcity Correct. issue yeah, but yeah. but just because there what is eaten there you know seems more trim you know when it comes mm-hmm. to choice and and quantity mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily equate to good health or lack thereof Correct. In fact, we're one of the most here in the States, one of the most unhealthy nations Correct. out there. And we have, mm. you know, more food than most other nations have, too. So mm. it's something to look at. Yeah. You know, you, as you were speaking, uh, Walter goes, as my grandma always called me and said, Merry Christmas, Eve's 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 Eve, rather. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Walter. Thank you Merry for, Christmas, for coming in and, and jumping in here for a second or two. Yeah, uh, you know, so we're, where we are, we're talking about gratitude. And then we went to how do you take care of yourself? And it transformed into uh, a previous stronghold of uh, Tracy's, Tracy's strong, strong points of holistic health coaching in the past, right? Um, and that's where we are. But I it seems as though we're talking about home, 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 home today, right? I I went to Liberia eight years ago. I mean, I went there 2018 also, but 
I got pictures on Facebook, a reminder that came for Christmas because I took mm -hmm. the family 2012. And strangely that we will come and talk about home and talk about, love you too, uh, Walter, uh, come and talk <laughs> about uh, home and food and family. Those pictures came up and there's one with, I'm standing talking and in the background, my uncle, who's about 90 years old, is in the background and he has this uh, five gallon can. And this five gallon can container has, <laughs> I've tasted it before. It has one of the sweetest drinks, natural drinks you can ever, it's called palm wine. Now, the way to make palm wine is you cut the palm tree, right? The palm tree. And I think they go, somebody's, I'm butchering this. Oof, somebody help me here. But I think, and I, 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 I will stand corrected with all my Liberian um, <laughs> folks out there. They will come. They're all going to be in the comments. You, you lying, man, you lying. But anyway, you climb the palm tree, you go in there, and then you, you, do, you do something up there. And then they cut the tree and the tree has sap in it. Mm. And that sap, the fresh sap, when it comes in, you know, they put a container there and I think just drips in there overnight or during the day, but the first, the first dripping is, it's so sweet, but be careful. You can get drunk from it. <laughs> Wait, it's naturally fermented in the tree? Nat I think so, I think so. Or they do some process with it. See this where, see, at least you see yes at least at least i'm showing my my ignorance on on drinking that or making it <laughs> my fruit but i see like, yeah no i'm not i don't have a still in my backyard folks <laughs> so i know so i see the picture of my uncle with it like that and I, and the story it conjures up the story where I'm, we were sitting there the same moment after that picture is taken i'm sitting in and say whoa man take a sip i'm like man taking no sip i'm drinking no wine here walwin man take a sip i'm like i said the only way i'm gonna take that is if a priest comes and he prays over and gives him communion that's the only time i'm taking that <laughs> you laugh guess what so my dad my uncles we just the entire family's there this guy comes in his car hey walwin how are you like hey so my dad goes aren't you a priest he said, yeah, Mr. Port. He says, can you pray over this wine, please? The guy goes, oh, sure, let me bless it. I bless this one. My dad looks at me, takes a cup, pours it in the cup and say, hey, dude, it's been prayed. Oh, I'm like, oh, man. So I go in. I... <laughs> oh, my goodness. That, that was. You uh... are meant to try that wine, my I was, friend. I was, they were not going to let You know, so just those stories, man. What, what? When you think when you think about home, what what's your what what brings tears of joy? What 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 comes to you that you go, Oh my goodness. You know, I think we've talked about this a couple of times around uh -huh. this household this season. Um yeah. I was talking to my daughter about so my mother, interior designer extraordinaire. I mean it's both interior and exterior. I mean, okay. she just she has a green thumb and she can create I mean, that, that's what that woman, I think, came here to do is create beauty wherever she went mm, because wow. exquisite beauty. I mean, to the point where we're just jaw dropping. I remember growing up, our house, people would walk by the neighborhood and they would just stop and gawk 
at the outside of the house and all of her gardens. I mean, mm. it was just, it was something out of home and garden. I mean, it was just absolutely beautiful all the time. And, you know, you take that for granted. Like you wake, you, you wake up and grow up in that kind of environment right. and that's just life to you. And, but she used to do, we had multiple trees in the house. We had one in the living room, the big tree in the living room mm-hmm. that would go up the two stories, right? Cause we had a space that was opened up and it, so you could see the top of it, my, my parents' bedroom. Okay. <laughs> it would go down and then we had a kitchen tree and um, then we had trees in our bedrooms, but uh, the kitchen tree, she would make these cookies. And I actually was talking to my husband cause he has a cooking channel. And I was like, you should do some, ba-, cause my daughter said, you should do some baking on your cooking channel. And they used to, she used to make these stained glass cookies. I mean, anybody who knows what I'm talking about, they're really cool. It's um, so she would take the big uh, cookie cutters and she would make gingerbread dough, okay. and she would make big gingerbread, you know, in different sizes cookies. And then you cut out parts of the inside of the cookie, or you can stamp it out too if you have other cookie cutters if they're big enough and you have some smaller ones. And in those spa- those places, the holes basically uh-huh. that you create inside the cookie, you take crushed up. Um, at the time it was Brock's hard candies okay. and they come in all the different, you know, rainbow colors and we would crush them all up individually. So we'd have the blue candies and the red candies and the yellow candies and all that. And, and you make stained glass, right? So mm-hmm. you put these, these, you know, crushed up candies in these places and you stick it in the oven and cook, make the cookies and then the candies melt. And after they, you know, you peel it off the, the aluminum foil and you, and you hang them up and you have these, oh, these wow. cookie ornaments. And we used to spend all this time, you know, stringing um, popcorn and cranberries into strings. And we would string that around the, the tree in the kitchen. And then we would put these cookies on the tree. And, mm-hmm. and it, was, it was such a fun, a fun activity, but also too, I just remember some of the days as we got older and we, we had more, you know, more skill (laughs) and we could do more with the cookies like you know it's like oh look at this one oh look at this one oh look at how those colors got mixed together and I didn't mean for that and it came out this way and so those holiday creations I was thinking back on that and then this weekend we were at in Boone and you know there's 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 little ski hills there I mean compared to where I used to ski Uh, it's like they're not big but at the same time it's yeah totally (laughs) skiing right and we didn't ski, but we went up to the mountain just to see what it was like, uh, you know, and see what kind of, of amenities they had up there and everything. And right. and that really reminded me of home. I, I sent mm. back a text to my dad and I said, you know, just being on the mountain and in the mountains, you know, I always thought, oh, God, the beach is great. The beach is great because I didn't grow up right. around the beach. But now there's something about this year. I think it's maybe because we're not allowed to do what we normally do. Or we're not mm. allowed to go home. We're not allowed. I mean, we're allowed, but you know, we're told not to, um, that you really start to think about these things. And I, I think that's really good. I think it's good, you know, to remember where we came from and remember what makes us because this really is, it's so much a part of my DNA. Mm. I just don't think about that on the day to day. Wow. You know, you, you, you got me. So these stories is so, so important to tell these stories, right? Because all I, all I, you know, if I'm I'm a visitor to that house, you know what I'll be doing, right? I'll be in the kitchen at that tree, just taking those ornaments. <laughs> <laughs> we make like, them so you can eat them. Yeah, I know, I know. So I'll be like, hey, y'all be in the in in, in the living room, you know? I'll, I'm just, I'm back here. <laughs> that was my brother, actually. It was like, oh, where'd my wow. bell go with the colors? It was like, oops. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it, it's, we come out here, we go to our various jobs, we, we perform, right? You, 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 your speaker or your coach or your engineer, you're an engineer, just, you go out there and people just see that part of you. And I think a few people in your office may even where you work, may get to know you like that. But it's so important to know that, you know, once I can see you as the the dirt, not dirty hands, but the soiled hands, you know, in the garden helping your mom, can see you making those stained glass cookies, can see you skiing, right? Um, you can see me in Africa, um, my dad telling me, hey, Make those beds, make them straight, Warwin, because you know we need we need to straighten about a foot high for the potatoes to grow under it. Um, till it properly, dig that hole. To to know that who we are, the person that you see, the person I'm seeing here today, Tracy Phillips, the person you're seeing, a sum total of like I just met your mom. Yeah. <laughs> I met your dad. Yeah. You you met my uncle. You met my dad, and and. It's so important to to tell the story and 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 connect to home because I think home home is that yes beginning place but is that place that that we return and do our best work mm. when I say return and do our best work if I can return to making those beds and my dad and here my dad Walwyn a place for everything and everything in its place. Things done by house are never done right. I'm returning to home when I'm engaging with someone at work. I'm returning to home and hearing my dad, hey, excellence is not perfection, but it's excellence. That carries me when we when we when we when we go to those fundamental phrases and things that we heard. Yeah. It's what makes Tracy say, Walwyn, man, I want to hang out with you. It's what makes Walwyn want to hang out with Tracy. Ah. Wow. I love that. I think that's such a beautiful message, Wolwyn, because, you know, when you say home, ultimately say coming home, you know, coming home is coming home here, right? It's like mm. when we can come home to ourselves and all of that, all of those life experiences are part of us, yes. right? They're, they're within us. And so when we come home to those experiences, we're coming home to ourselves, Right. And with mm -hmm. all of the and I think 2020 has been about that, you know, is, is it's it's taken away things that have distracted us mm -hmm. wow. so that we can get back home to ourselves. We can really get right with those things and how we're acting, how we're feeling. You know, one of the things that I'm very clear now about is is a message of being a mouthpiece for coming back together and learning how to be with one another again. Mm -hmm. Because everything from the slow drip of social media that's become this addictive quality where, I mean, I even found it like when we got back to the hotel room this weekend and, you know, you're just exhausted and you've been with each other all day and you've had fun, but it's mm -hmm. just sometimes that intense amount of time together, you need like a few moments alone and, <laughs> and you're in this room together, right? So there's, and we all, what did we all do? We all went to our devices. And so we don't even realize how much we're trained, you know, and, and I will say addicted, you know, to escaping into our devices, what, just to get away mm -hmm. instead of communicating that, Hey, I need a moment, you know, to step outside or to go wow. somewhere else or to whatever that we use that as our escape. And so I think this, 
again, getting back to these places where, where we're not allowed to escape in as many ways as we had become accustomed, that it, it makes us have to look in the mirror. And I did a post last Friday on LinkedIn where I was really trying to start a conversation, you know, mm -hmm. based on some, some, I think, startling and pretty, you know, pretty like big stuff that we have going on in our culture around safetyism, you know, and, and fragility, mental and emotional fragility, and how that mm -hmm. leads to, you know, physical fragility, you know, where, where we true. don't think we're physically capable of handling cer certain things, but also this, this trend towards catastrophizing things, right, mm -hmm. where things in past, uh, you know, past generations were seen as uncomfortable. Now we catastrophize it and it's dangerous and it's, and it's, you know, we have to stick a trigger warning on it and we have to, you know, no, mm. I, I can't deal with that. Well, I'm not saying that we should just be calling each other names and, and using, using profanity, you know, and, and making people feel small who are not like us and all of that. No, absolutely not. That needs to be dealt with, but how we're doing it is really what I wanted to bring to question. I mean, if we are just trying to cut it off at the knee and say nothing uncomfortable can happen here mm. then we're not able to build resiliency and as human beings we need that we need to wow. become resilient through going through uncomfortable things so i posted something about in uh from a from a you know safetyism in this point of view of fragility mm -hmm. um from this book coddling the american mind and i invited people to share their thoughts and it went it went the gamut everything from i think you're spot on to i don't agree with you Mm -hmm. And what my whole point was and what I mentioned was, this is what we need. Mm. You know, we, we, we've seen it in politics, right? The Republicans against the Democrats and this, this, in, this fighting back and forth that's caused complete rifts in families, in organizations, in all sorts of things. And my point is that I think it's because we've gotten so distracted from being together and remembering how to communicate effectively and how to be honorable with one another and respectful and dignified and, and, mm. and give grace and, and realize that, you know what, it is uncomfortable when we're talking to someone who holds a different opinion and it is uncomfortable when they point that out to us. Yeah. It's very uncomfortable when somebody doesn't agree with you. Yes, it is, but it is not traumatic. And, it is, and, it, and if you're triggered, it's something to learn. Hmm. Into. Wow. Because what I don't think people realize is this whole diversity and inclusion thing. Diversity isn't about color of skin and it's not about you know, sexual preference. And it's not about, it's about a difference in perspective. So people of a different color, people from different backgrounds, people from different, you know, um, uh, you know, gender, mm -hmm. uh, gender specificity, right? What, what you relate to people from, from different religious backgrounds, they all have lived different experiences that give them different perspectives. It's the perspectives that offer the diversity. Right? So when we just look about, oh, we look at it from a point of view of quota, oh. We need a certain number of black men, certain number of black women, a certain number of Indian men, a certain number of Indian women. You go the, you know, all down the pike. Oh, oh, as long as we have all those people, then we're diverse. It has nothing to do with those mm. things. Mm -hmm. It has to do with what those people bring to the table from perspective point of view. Mm. And so, but when we cannot be comfortable with one another's perspectives, right? The most diverse companies and organizations are the most agile and the most innovative. They, they, they move to the times and, and beyond so much faster than those who, who don't have that diversity. And so we need it. We've seen that we need it, but we're also being conditioned and coddled away from it hmm. and being uncomfortable having these conversations and feeling like either we need to shut that other person down 
or completely walk away altogether. Instead of saying, this is uncomfortable. It's an uncomfortable conversation because I don't agree, but I'm actually celebrating the fact that I can be in this conversation and not agree because it's not about being right. Mm. It's about being in a room where we can offer our different perspectives and listen to one another because there's always something to learn. If we're just going about being right all the time and surrounding ourselves (laughs) with people who agree with us constantly, where's their growth? Correct. You know, you, you, you talk about diversity and I, 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 I like the additional layer of perspective, right? Um, where they may be coming from is, so the, the, the brown, the white, the blue, the yellow did not grow up in the same. So that's the easy, the easy way to pick it, right? So, okay, brown, right. yellow, blue, we'll pick you up, even though they went to the same schools, et cetera. But <laughs> yeah. Same socioeconomic background. Correct. Same- but they're different colors, so they must, but you know, must that'll be. offer diversity. Some and sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. But talking about diversity and and the ability to to the most agile companies that succeed, it. it I think about myself. You know, I, I remember growing up in Africa in Liberia. <laughs> we, my dad's a plumber. And he he had all his tools. There were other people who didn't have tools. Um, Dad didn't have when it when it would come to a particular cut of the PVC or the iron pipes, he would look and he would say, "Gosh, I, I need X, but I don't have X. But let me see what." And then he he got creative. So when I see him getting creative, I go, hmm, wow, okay, he's putting two and two together. That thing that I saw my dad do with coming to diversity, Walwyn now sitting in America, where America, there, there's a tool for every single thing, right? There's a yeah. tool for everything. And when we are sitting somewhere, and it's not just a tool of, physical tool, but let's say a business tool, a thought process, a process to think things through, I can quickly sit and look and say, hmm, they don't have that. They don't have this, but we can put this and that together to make it work. Case in point, this is a crazy story, but I'm going to tell it. First house didn't have any tools, had a drill, needed to install the the satellite, direct TV satellite. Didn't have to go high because right where the porch was, there was a townhouse. I could turn it and could get it, but I needed to put it maybe two feet. Only had a drill and a shovel. And I thought, I want to do it now. I'm not going to the so a Caucasian friend from work came by and he's sitting there with me and I go, hmm, I need to take this four by four and put it to two feet or three feet. I don't want an entire four. He looks at me and says, well, you know, let's cut it. I'm like, sure, we'll cut it. So how did I cut it? I took the drill and the drill bit, the four by four. I went, zzz. 
And he's looking at me like, I turn it around. So if I did it at a quarter inch on one side, I went at an inch on the other because I'm trying to make it weak. So I went, then I looked at it and I did another little turn it and did a diagonal. Same position. And then he's looking and I put it at an angle and stepped right where I went out and broke it. He said, Walwin, you were trying to cut it? Why didn't you just get a saw? I don't have a saw, bro. I said, I had a drill. And the reason I- And a brain. Correct. The reason I, 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 that's diversity. Imagine if we were somewhere and we didn't have a saw and we didn't need an exacto cut. We didn't need that fine cut, but we needed to cut this thing for us to to live, to to, to build something. Mm -hmm. Somebody who didn't have that diverse mind where dad was creative and they had a saw every time. They just think the saw is the only thing to cut. But that drill can weaken, 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 and we can cut it. That's what makes Agile Company, just what you said, the diversity. We can come together with my African mind. You can come with your American mind, the Canadian mind, all of these different minds, and we can create something that, oh, my goodness, this is the best thing since sliced bread. Absolutely. Well, I love that. You know, and it is a, a complete celebration of, of perspective. Right. When we're looking at it one way and it doesn't work, doesn't mean that's the only potential answer. Right. And so that's the piece is that it's sometimes our lens is only allowing us to see something one way, mm. but someone else's lens is seeing it in a different way. And so the more different angles, perspectives we have available to us, the more opportunity we have to see solutions to things that if there was only one of us or two of us looking from two angles, yes. we wouldn't have as opposed to those groups that come from 15 different angles. Correct. Because quite frankly, I mean, my brother and I grew up in the same family. Mm -hmm. Okay, yes, one's, one's male, one's female, and I'm four years older. But we each had such, not only are we different people, we think differently, we, we go about life differently, but we've had different life experiences. Yes. So, I mean, you, you see this in twins. A lot of times twins are polar opposites from one mm -hmm. another, right? Personality-wise. Correct. So each human being has a different perspective because no one human being, even somebody you could find your doppelganger, you know, somebody walking down the street who looks just like you, Correct. that person did not have the same life experiences, Correct. right? So Correct. they are a different person. Mm -hmm. So it's it, it, that's the piece that just if we look at the superficial and we call that diversity or we call that, you know, oh, if we have – a certain number of men, a certain number of women, we're going to have different perspectives. Mm -mm. Not enough, right? Mm -mm. Yes, we will, because each human being has a different perspective, but it, it, it shouldn't be the superficial stuff that we're looking at trying to fill a quota on, mm. right? It really should be that we are looking to create as many diverse perspective options within our company, organization, group, whatever, and that we're looking through that lens. Because I think, you know, my daughter... I think she was in fourth or fifth grade when she came home at one point and she goes, mom, what's a black person, mm. right? Fourth or fifth grade. Mm -hmm. And she goes, is that a person who has darker skin? And I said, well, you know, we had this long conversation about what, what one calls oneself, right? So some people gotcha. is a per person of color. Other people prefer the black term, you know, it's, 
but yes, it, it, it indicates the color of the skin. Mm-hmm. And she says, why does that matter? Hmm. We have generations of children growing up with no, no ability to, to that doesn't matter. Hmm. And I think that for centuries, that has mattered. And that's mattered in ways, unfortunately, Correct. that have put certain groups at a disadvantage over others. Mm-hmm. And yet with the new generations coming in, if we keep banging that same drum, you know, of we're looking at the color of one's skin or, you know, the, the, the religious propensity or the sexual propensity or the, the political propensity or, or whatever, even the intellectual propensity, right? We're cutting ourselves off the knee at the knee because, you know, it's it's only when, like my daughter says, I don't care if it's male or female. I don't care. Like when her good friend recently decided she wants to identify as a boy, mm-hmm. you know, and, and when Madison didn't blink an eye, she was just like, yeah, that makes sense. Mm. You know, it, it's just, it doesn't matter. I still care about this human being, this person, person, and this person adds value to my life. Their Mm -hmm. perspective helps me grow because they see things differently. I don't care what they call themselves. Mm. I love the person and I see the value in the person. And I think that's when we can get to that point, but it means we have to start getting comfortable with our discomfort of being in a room with people who have different opinions and have different ways of looking at things and all of that. So I think that we can't put the cart before the horse. I, yeah. I really find that that a huge proportion of, of, I mean, I was so appreciative of the people who weighed in, especially the people who said, I don't really see Correct. things the way Correct. you're seeing them Correct. because they didn't leave the table. You saw a lot of other people liking their comments, but not adding. And that's okay. I'm not, I'm not trying to judge people <laughs> for not commentating. Um, but, but, but we do get to think about that. Why, mm-hmm. why are we afraid to step out? Well, partially because, like I would never do something like that on Facebook is it's the wild west there shoot and then ask for forgiveness after, you know, I think that we've gone so far in, in the direction of, I just have to immediately shoot down what makes me uncomfortable and then ask if maybe that wasn't the right thing that we really, and we've been separated physically from one another with the quarantine. And so where are we going to start learning how to be with one another again? We have to be conscious about it. We have to be intentional about it. We have to be thoughtful and we have to be gracious. Mm. And we have to pull all of our bootstraps up because it is going to be tough on our egos. You know, when, when one person is just putting out there, like, I did this and I don't care what anyone else thinks and they're doing it almost as a reactive, you know, in your face kind of commentary, mm. To be able to turn around in in that face of that that kind of way of being and say, hey, you know, I'm glad you feel good about that. Hmm. You know, I'm I'm happy for you and mean it. Yeah. Right. This is what I want to see us start to lean more into is practicing where it's difficult, not where it's easy. Yes, I think to make our mark, you know, there has to be a certain amount of support around us. But at the same, so don't just throw yourself in the lion den without any back door. <laughs> but at the same time, just like I said, I would have not posted what I put on LinkedIn on Facebook because people just aren't as gracious and well, um, you know, their behavior isn't the same as it is on LinkedIn. Let's put it that way. 
but at the same time, I, I'm, I don't want to stop having these conversations. I don't want to stop inviting people to the table and say, you know what, legitimately, your voice matters to me. And, it, and, and actually, probably if it, if it totally is against what I'm saying, it probably matters more because legitimately, don't just come to the table trying to fight me just for the sake of it. But, you know, because you obviously have something for me to hear, because if I don't see your perspective, that means I'm not looking at it. And maybe you have something to share that will offer me something that could really be beneficial to my viewpoint. Mm. And I want that. That's what I'm, I'm not, not welcoming in, you know, the opportunity just to be, oh, oh, we, we love you. Yes. Say more, say more. I mean, that's easy. We can all, you know, we could all step up and say whatever comes out of our mouths. And if everybody's like, oh, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's a good thing. But if that's all we live in, we don't learn. And, and there is such a gap I see in the world and in our country, especially in our ability to be with one another and be different, be diverse, even though we're craving diversity. It's such an irony. Yeah. It's, everything is about diversity and inclusion and the way we're acting goes completely against it. Yeah, it's, you know, what really caught me was your daughter's. Uh, reaction to her buddy you know who said I want to be this or that right mm -hmm. it's it's so important I'm learning that and I knew this before but I'm seeing it it, it keeps coming every single day to me in different forms it's the third part of the story which is mm -hmm. truly the real part of the story, right? So my part, your part, and then there's that third dimension that's supposed to be the place that we settle it. And um, it came to me in a movie the other day. I'm watching this movie and the guy, so it was a Italian movie. He, his son got beaten by a group of guys, his friends. Say so the movie's an hour and 30 minutes an hour and 25 minutes I am the movie played me and I am against the guys who beat the doctor's son I'm like I hate them I hate them at the 129th minute one hour and 29th minute they bring in a part that's the son had raped his ex-girlfriend and had recorded it and had spread it around. And the person, the guys who beat him was the new boyfriend who was angry. Mm. So at that moment, I am, <gasps> I can't stand him. I can't stand him. And it, it just, yeah, wow. It, it told me, it, it, it told me uh, just how your daughter reaction is to this person there's a third part of the story that sometimes we don't even hear the second we just only hear our part of the story that she wants to change she wants to... until we can listen to the second part and decide and look for that third part i'm finding i'm not going to do knee jerks when someone brings in their story and I go, oh, wow, I will empathize. I will, I may sympathize, but then I go, okay, where's the other person to hear their part of the story? I say, you know, and somewhere in the middle of those two, 
there's the third part, which is really the real part. So I'm not going to take sides here. And I'm finding, I'm finding it, it helps me in what you just said, bringing, letting perspectives come to the table so that people can, can say what they want to say. Because had I been born maybe 200 miles away from where I was, I would have been a Muslim. Had I been born four, five hundred miles or a thousand, two thousand miles away, I would have been Buddhist, Hindu. Mm. So, so, so. Wow. That's my, what you just said is pretty powerful. Yeah. In my conversations with those people, and when I say those people, with me and whomever, I really need to be cognizant and I need to be so gracious that even though I say Jesus Christ is the only way, he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the light. No one can come to me. But who am I to say, you did it wrong? It's just because they were born there. And I would have been born there. And I would be the same person looking at you. So I'm going to be gracious to you. And as we have this conversation, I say, okay, man, I hear you. I hear you. Mm -hmm. I, I'm... I, I'm going to be gracious to you. You're a woman, and you 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 you're talking about abortion, and you you and someone on. The, I'm not saying that's my, my that's not my viewpoint because I want you to do what. I can't make a decision for you. I'm sorry. Right. That's the end of the. That's that's the. That's yes. The story. I can't make a decision for 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 nobody. I can make it for myself, and even for myself, Tracy. Tracy, oh, Tracy, this part, and I'm going to end, end on this so you can give your, your last words. Even remove the person who's telling you the story. Take that away. I'm going to go inward. And there are three parts to my own story I'm telling myself that I'm this. Okay, hold up, Wally. Are you really? What's the second part? And then there's that third part that I really have to 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 accept who I am, accept my my thought process and and look at that naked truth and go, oh my goodness, I can't even stand myself. And how can I go and stand somebody? <laughs> mm, I love that. And you know what that third option is? That third option is is appreciating and accepting both sides. Mm. Yeah. Right. So you see the one side story and the other side story. And the third option is saying you're both mm. Mm. right. You're both. You're all of that. You're you're all these things. You're all these stories. Right. They're probably more than three. Correct. You know, you're all these stories that you've been telling yourself. I was I just was talking about a story just the other day. I met a woman who I just saw on LinkedIn and there was just this immediate like I need to connect her with so and so. Mm -hmm. And we talked for the first time. Uh, on the phone yesterday, and we got into all sorts of things. You know, I loved her immediately because she just went deep the way I do. And I said, "Yeah, I've been telling myself a story for years that you know I grew up in an affluent background, and that you know part of what I feel you know has kept me from going big the way mm. I feel like I'm supposed to okay. is because I." A lot of people, there were a lot of power plays going on in those affluent, you know, uh, environments that I was in. And my father was never around because he was always working. So I told myself the story, if I become big, I'll never be there for the people I love and who love me. Mm. And I'm going to be too concerned with power plays. 
And I don't want to be that person. I'm not that person. And because I've told that story, it's like, well, then I can't do that because I can't become that because that's not who I am. Correct. And, and she said, she goes, wow, that's a story you've been telling. I was like, apparently so, because until I just said it, I didn't realize I was telling that story. Right. So sometimes the story comes out. I was like, yeah, I've been telling myself the story. It's like, when, that was the first time I actually said that out loud. Correct. But I think that that's it is owning that it's like, I can see with compassion why I was always holding myself back. Because I didn't, you know, and we all hear that, you know, I, you know, I don't want to be the jerk. I don't want to, but it's true. And when we make nice with those stories, like I can totally see how I didn't want to be the arrogant jerk in the room where I didn't want to look mm. like I had it all. And I didn't want to look like I was better than other people. And I didn't mm. want to. So I just shied away from a lot of those things. And yet shying away from who I am is kept me small and that's not helping the world. So no. we get to that third option gets to say, Hey, how are you two going to come together and make nice? How are your little stories going to come together and go, you know, you had an opinion and a perspective. And, and from that perspective, that was true. Right. And over here, you had an opinion and perspective. And from that opinion and perspective, that was true. Right. How can we make it all true? So it's not about one side or the other being right mm -hmm. or taking over. <laughs> it's about at any point in our lives, we had all these perspectives going for mm. various reasons. And now we can just kind of, honor and own that and say, what perspective do I want to work from now? Mm, mm, right. Because mm. all of this playing back and forth and saying, you know, I've seen plenty of people say, well, I can't agree with that because I'm a Democrat or I'm a Republican. And that would mm. mean that I, yeah. I mean, if your party is keeping you, if your story about your party is keeping you in place around something that is fundamentally mm. core to you, that gets to get looked at. Correct. Right. Because otherwise, you know, where it's going to cause a problem is not just in the outside. It's going to it's, it's going to rift in here. When you try to come home to yourself, it's not going to be a very homey environment. Mm. Mm. So I think we call this coming home. <laughs> yes, yes, that's it. That's Everything good. we talked about today had some sort of reference to, home. to this concept of coming home. Wow. Tracy, you. And it's and it's exactly we look through those home lens to to make our decisions. And as you said, I'm not going to reiterate. I'm just going to say, um, Tracy, we were supposed to do 26 shows this year. We did 20 because we didn't meet in January. <laughs> or else we could have done 26. <laughs> We met in April, <laughs> but I am, my gratitude is, is, oh my goodness, to see that, um, not a mistake, uh, hey, let's try it, has turned into a platform that we can, we, 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 we're producers, we're not consumers, and, I, and I, I want to be a producer, to continue being a producer. Thank you for letting us jump on this ride, you know, and, and, and see where this experiment is going to go. So you, you have a merry, merry Christmas and, and, and a prosperous new year. May your family be blessed. May your new teenager, I think, um, just have, you know, conquer the world and just, just do what she wants to do um, with her head on her shoulders, better than mom and dad. Well, and those blessings are so real and right back at you, my friend. And and all of you out there, I mean, we're we're producing for you. Um, living and growing in this space is is humbling and incredibly re rewarding at the same time. 
And so I just really thank, you know, all of you as well for being here with us because, you know, we hope that you'll continue the journey with us. And certainly we're going to do this journey regardless, right, Roland? Okay. <laughs> like, even it comes down to just the two of us, which it was originally. Right? We'll keep on rocking it. We'll keep rocking it. <laughs> well, have a Merry Christmas, y'all, and see y'all in two weeks. Tracy. Merry Christmas. Happy Take New care. Year. Same to you, Bye. Bye-bye.